to talk about the running game? All right, let's talk about the running game, but let's dig a whole lot deeper than you'll likely get elsewhere. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates where you found this. Najee Harris had 111 of those yards Sunday in Baltimore on 22 carries. Jalen Warren was also outstanding. Others contributed. The sneak continued to be unstoppable. And I am here to tell you that not nearly enough credit will be evenly distributed for what we saw and really for what's been building for a few weeks now with this running game. Any longtime listener or reader of mine will be able to quickly answer when I ask the following question, where do I always go when the locker room doors open? Where do I go first? Yep, the O-line. And here's why. Because as I went to Kevin Dotson, behind whom a lot of this running took place Sunday, and in fairness, the same was true of Dan Moore and Mason Cole, that side of the line, for whatever reason, just appeared to be exceptionally inviting for Najee. And you know what else kind of stood out, at least in a peripheral way? Didn't notice Roquan Smith much, did you? Roquan Smith looked like an absolute world beater three weeks earlier here in Pittsburgh, but in Baltimore, barely noticed him. He had his share of tackles and so forth, but what he was doing here was out of this world. Well, it turns out that none of this is a coincidence exactly. Dotson told me after this game down in Baltimore that the Steelers' offensive coaches, in looking back at film of the previous meeting with Baltimore, felt like the Ravens linebackers were able to do whatever it was that they wanted and that that somehow needed to stop even if it meant not putting your full attention or your full default attention on the guys up front who are also pretty good. And Dotson specifically was instructed that he'd be focusing on linebackers, snap after snap after snap. He'd go past his man on the line of scrimmage and find a linebacker and take that player out instead. And my goodness, did it work. What can you expect at Point Park University in downtown Pittsburgh? Respect, rigor, relevance. That's the Point Park pledge. You'll be treated with respect while being challenged and supported academically to graduate with career-ready, relevant skills. Visit pointpark.edu to learn more. Here's how Dotson explained it to me in Baltimore the other day. The coaches already, they gave us the game plan of uh, getting up to that linebacker and how pivotal it's going to be to be able to stop that, them, them from getting their tackles. Because loose tackle, loose linebackers, well, they're loose linebackers going to make the play. So if you don't get on them, they're going to stop us they one or two yards. Yeah. And so we made it a point this time to get up to them. And I feel like I, I went hard enough to be able to get through my block and get up to them. 
Now, did you catch the excitement in his tone there? If not, then the audio isn't doing it justice. This individual was seriously stoked, and he should have been. He might have been the star of the game, at least to the people who can see the game within the game and appreciate it as such. Yeah, the game balls went to who you'd expect them to. One to Najee and one to Kenny Pickett. And that's just the way this sort of thing goes. Usually when an offensive line... Uh, anyone associated with the offensive line gets a game ball, it's because the whole line gets it. They don't like to separate and differentiate between those guys. But Dotson was absolutely outstanding. For those of you who don't reflexively laugh at just hearing the name Pro Football Focus, Dotson was one of the highest graded players in the game. And it's not a coincidence that Najee, Kenny, and Mike Tomlin all went out of their way without even being asked after the game to praise the O-line in general. These guys, all of them, left to right, were that good. Yes, there were still lapses in terms of pass protection. That tends to be the last thing that comes along in a line's uh, progression or their ascent. But when it comes to run blocking, when it comes to just us against them, these guys have gotten pretty good. And there's a reason that Najee is able to pile up 111 while Jalen can add you 70 by going around the edges, which also was a thing that occurred because the Steelers line was really good at sealing the edges. Oh, and you know what? You know who else had a really, really good game when it came to the rushing attack? Wow, I got to go hide under a desk before I share this one with you. But by every account, Matt Canada called a very good game when it came to the run. There were things that happened out there that John Harbaugh mentioned himself that the Ravens hadn't seen. And that's quite a thing considering that they had just played less than a month ago. Had you seen Najee and Jalen in the same backfield before? Hmm? I, I hadn't. But every time they were out there, it resulted in one of those Jalen jet sweeps. Now, as soon as you hear jet sweep, again, another reflexive reaction that you have to a term. It's negative, right? Jet sweeps, terrible. Except that every one of them that Jalen ran was getting you 20, 30 yards. Jalen said after this game that he'd never run one of those. Not at this level. But something was seen, presumably over practice, that allowed the Steelers to stick this kind of in their hip pocket and bring it out when it was needed most. And if you're not using it against Baltimore, in Baltimore, then you're not using it when you need it most. Lots and lots of goodness associated with this. Not just Najee, but I also don't mean to take credit away from Najee either. He was, how was he good? When we come back, J1Q. Steelers is brought to you by our friends at Mike's Beer Bar. They're located directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. They are the one, the only, the premier destination in Pittsburgh for craft beer. More than 500 
craft beers available, more than 350 of those local, and more than 80 of those on tap. Mike's can't be topped, not for beer, not for the awesome kitchen and menu that's available, not for all the special events that are going on there. Check them out online at mikesbeerbar.com. Mike's Beer Bar, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Today's J1Q comes from Neil, and it was one of many that related to the DeMar Hamlin injury, and uh, so many of them were just prayers and kind wishes and how do I reach out uh, to the family or how do I make a donation to the toy drive that his mother has in McKee's Rocks? Just an outpouring of emotion. And for those of you who know the young man, I'm thinking of you as well. It's anything but easy to see something of that magnitude happen to a friend, loved one, even a casual acquaintance. And uh, again, here's hoping the best for this young man. Neil's question was one of many that also touched on football safety in general. And Neil asks, what about increasing the pads around the chest to reduce blunt force impact? I wonder if the trauma occurred from the initial helmet to the chest or afterward from falling to the turf. Like you said on this episode, a huge study needs to be held. It does, Neil, and I really believe that. And to reemphasize, in case anybody missed yesterday's show, I was really, really stressing independence. And when you see the way the NFL and Roger Goodell in particular have behaved following this, not to make villains out of anyone or whatever, but it just it just reinforces why it's got to be done by someone who doesn't answer to the league or to the players association. And I find, let's just say, I I don't think it's likely that this will happen, but it doesn't mean that it isn't worth advocating for. As far as your suggestions, there are a couple of things that I, I first take exception to. Not that you meant anything bad by this, but you mentioned a helmet hitting. I I also really, really don't want to, come close to implying that T. Higgins was responsible for this in any way. I don't see his helmet hitting the chest. I see a shoulder going in, and I also see he's the guy with the football, and somebody's trying to tackle him. That was a football play, plain and simple. Nothing else to it, no drama. Secondly, when you're talking about the blunt force, from the reading that I have done on this circumstance where the area of the heart is hit, Part of it is about the force, but the much greater factor is the one in a literal million chance that the heart is hit at just the wrong moment in its process. There are specific terminologies for this, and I'm not going to inundate anybody with all of that, but there's one eensy teensy weensy little moment in which the heart can't be interrupted. And in this case, it is. And in all likelihood, in DeMar's case, it was. At least based on what we know now. Again, I'm not speculating here. I'm going off the Buffalo Bills' own report that said that there was a cardiac arrest. There's a reason that in youth sports, 
uh, including baseball, which I found interesting and hadn't been aware of, that players are wearing chest guards. Pitchers are wearing chest guards in the event of comebackers. Infielders are wearing chest guards in case the ball comes up on a bad hop. Uh, You're seeing it in football. You're seeing it in hockey. You're seeing it in other sports. But the reason that baseball jumps out for me is the obvious. Baseball is the only one of those. You're going on to the the playing surface without padding. In football, there's inherent padding. In hockey, there's inherent padding. But look, there. while it's worthwhile, and I did invest the entirety of yesterday's episode in this concept, uh, eminently worthwhile, invaluable to do as much research and studying and everything else, there also doesn't have to be a villain, whether it's a person or a league or a practice that had been in place for a long time that wasn't going to change until something significant had occurred. In this case, it was one in a million. And most unfortunately, it happened to this young man. It happens to a few people across the scope of sporting events in our country every year. In the world of soccer, speaking of no padding. We've seen it twice in international competition just in the past five years. Is some sort of extra padding or extra protection going to make a difference? Obviously, that's way out of my realm to attempt to answer, but I do appreciate the question. I appreciate the spirit with which it's asked, and I Really, really appreciate the feedback that came here yesterday. Uh, Let's keep talking about this. The situation isn't going to go away. And don't think that just because I will go on a rant about the Steelers or whatever else here that it's out of my mind either. Let's have another one of these shows tomorrow. (laughs) 